who we can be anchored to. Amen. The rock of Jesus Christ. That stabilizer that's been put in the ship. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a, amen. That's a wonderful revelation. Hallelujah. Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome. Welcome those that are streaming with us and especially our brothers and sisters on the U.S. side. We just want to wish you a real good blessing from God tonight. Brother Murphy will be speaking with us and we're looking forward to that. Let's sing, Thank God I Am Free. For a long time I traveled. I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful grace. Well, I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out and show me the way. Like a bird out of prison that's taken its flight.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood that Jesus shed for me. The blood that Jesus shed for me. sing that uh, first verse and chorus again and I was just thinking about that service that we had when brother Lawson was here and I think it was a service of imposition for a miracle and he was talking about how that uh, children of Israel won that battle on the mountaintop and uh, Philistines said well perchance that God is not a God of the valley He, he can beat us in the mountain but maybe he can't beat us in the valley but I'm so glad That God proved them wrong. Amen. And it was for us today. And in the valley, He restoreth our soul. Amen. Hallelujah. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Oh, way back on Calvary. The blood. That gives me strength from day.
Blessed be your name, Father. Hallelujah. <clears throat> We've got a prayer request here for Sister Lisa and uh, Brother Samuel. St. John, they're not well. Sister Anna Hope, love all as well. We just want to remember them in prayer tonight. And, and uh, also coming up... I'll get that after. So anyhow, uh, just remember those requests and prayer. And if you have a need upon your heart, Brother Mike Ganya, could I get you to come up and take us to the throne of grace in prayer? Amen. If you have a need, lift it up to the Lord by an uplifted hand. God sees the need beneath the hand. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. precious Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm so thankful once again to be able to come into your house, Lord, Lord, to sing the songs that lift our hearts, Lord, that bring you the worship and praise you so deserve, O oh God. Father, I was just thinking about this song and how often we've sung it, going into communion, Lord. It's been a while. Lord Jesus, we have sweet communion with you each and every time we bow our head before you. We open our book. Lord, we hear the word that comes over this pulpit. Lord, you have blessed us in a mighty way. Truly, we have seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And we desire once again, Lord, to come before you, Lord, with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts. Give you all the glory and worship you deserve, O God, because you alone are worthy of all praise, O God. And who can praise you like your children, Lord, like your bride, O God? We have been totally delivered, O God, set free from the world of sin. Lord, we have been revealed in this last day, O God. We know who we are and what we're raised up for, and we thank you, Father. Oh, precious Lord. What a glorious word we've heard and we hear daily, Lord God. And we thank you for your ministers so faithful, O God. Lord, how they lay before you, each and every one, Lord. It's just so amazing, O God, how you can speak through them, Lord Jesus. The the gift that you've laid there, and not only the gift, but the ability, Lord, to lay themselves aside, that you could come forth and speak to us, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you for these things, O oh God. We thank you for the healing in our midst, Lord. We see your brother Ken here tonight, Lord, just rejoicing, O oh God. And we just ask you once again, Lord, to go to our sister Lisa, Lord of the family, Lord Jesus. Uh, others that are weary in body, uh, the enemy fights, Lord. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And, Lord, you said that healing was in the body. And healing is the children's bread. And, Father, we come to you not for crumbs, Lord God, but for the bread. 
not only the bread for our bodies, but the bread of life, Lord, for our precious souls. We thank you, Father. We pray you bless our brother Murphy as you bring the word tonight. Open each heart, Lord, that we would receive exactly what you have for us. We're needy people. Sometimes we don't know what we need, but you do, Lord. And just pray you touch that part in our hearts, our souls that you need to touch, Lord. And we commit this evening to you and ourselves into your hands for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Jesus, you can have your seats tonight. And just a quick announcement here um, for the memorial service for uh, Brother Abe Dick. Um, the viewing will be at uh, Henderson's Funeral Home on September 2nd at 4 p.m. And following day on the 3rd, September 3rd, there will be a memorial service at uh, Henderson's Funeral Home at 10.30 a.m. with graveside service to follow. And a celebration of life will be held at uh, Legion in Aldergrove at 3.30 p.m. So all who wish to attend can please contact uh, Sister Helen Waldner. Amen. We've got a couple uh, special numbers tonight. Sister Lydianne, is it? From Saskatchewan, from Brother Kelly's assembly. Yeah, she's going to come and sing, and uh, Sister Natasha and the group is also going to come and sing. So we'll have Sister Lydianne. Come, and, but just before she does, I'd like to sing, Ready to Leave in a Twinkling of an Eye. <clears throat> Start with the f- first verse. Some folks are building hopes down here at Lang.
Satan no longer tramples on me. I've been given authority through what took place at Calvary. tells me the scripture was written there just for me. My status is in Galatians 3.13. In John 1 and 12, I'm a child of the King. Isaiah 53.5 says I'm healed. Ephesians 4.30 says I've been sealed. And no one can take from me what God has revealed. For God's made me a winner. God, no time for mediocrity, no time for rolling into self-pity. I spend each day just praising the Lord, you see, thanking Him for the word He has given me. No need for feeling down and out. I don't accept all the fear and doubt. I believe God's word and I confess it aloud. For God made me was written then just for me. My status is in Galatians 3.13. In John 1 and 12, I'm a child of the King. Isaiah 53.5 says I'm healed. Ephesians 4.30 says I've been sealed. And no one can take from me what God has revealed. For God made me a winner. God, no time for mediocrity. No time for rolling into self-pity. I spend each day just praising the Lord. You see, thanking Him for the word He has given me. No need for feeling down and out. I don't accept all the fear and doubt. I believe God's word and I confess it aloud. For God made me a winner. I believe God's Love to be on the winning side. Amen. Jesus Christ has never lost a battle. Amen. And I just love that. Going back to one of them camp services and Brother Dwayne Lawson, Wayne Lawson, said, the devil is out of his place if he ain't under your, under your feet. Amen. Amen. I was thinking about that today. You know what? We have the right to say no to the devil. God has given us that right. Amen. Praise the Lord. While the sisters come, Sister Natasha and the sisters, why don't we sing, Give me that old time religion. That old time religion that the apostles had. Peter, James, and John, and Bartholomew, and Paul. Amen. And all those way back in the book of Acts. We're there again, brother, sister. The book of Acts is being written. Well, if they're going to write, they're going to write a book of Acts because it's going to be in the bride. Amen. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Good enough for me. 
God bless. Check, check, check. One, two, three. Okay, we're good. Uh, God bless everybody. Um, quick backstory. The Lord gave me the song on Monday after camp. Um, and as we all know, we saw the atmosphere uh, and just the praise and worship. And I knew the song, a song was coming. I just didn't know what the style was, what was happening. But I want you all to rejoice with us because we've been having a lot of fun with this song. So I pray that you're rejoicing with what has what the Lord has done with for all of you and for our loved ones and what he's going to do as well. Oh uh-huh. 
Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's quite something when the presence of the Lord comes down in such a marvelous way and we can talk about it and we can talk about it and we can talk about it some more. We can sing about it. We can rejoice about it. Brother Brown said five minutes in the presence of the Lord changed Moses for the rest of his life. Amen. Glory. What a powerful God we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to invite Brother Murphy. We've got a really good atmosphere. Just primed for the word. Amen. Amen. I'd like us to stand and sing. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. And He hears me. And He helps me. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. say you so enjoy that in the last week I, I think I, I get a lot of a wrinkle on my face uh, just by laughing at it it was just uh, so wonderful to hear the word of a God and especially to see God move and when you saw God move and amongst our family and children and to see the people got saved to see people enjoy what they have heard it was just a, such a marvelous thing and um so we just pray the Lord will continue on. And we know God is continuing on. And He will continue on until 
the body change come and we all be raptured out of the way that is the ultimate goal that we have and we know it's not going to be too far from now on and we just believe the Lord and thank you for um, your created such an atmosphere and I trust that the Lord will bless us as with his word with his presence and um, if you don't mind let's just turn to the scripture and let's turn to um, the gospel of John chapter uh, 11 thank you for the musicians and all your labors and May the Lord bless all of you. Gospel of John, chapter 11. Just before we read it, let's bow our head at it again. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are, has been enjoyed so much what we have heard, Lord. Lord, this is supposed to be because this is your word. Whenever we heard your word and see you coming down to fellowship with us, Lord, our hearts are just thrilled. We're so thankful, Lord, that you're not just God yesterday. You're not God in future, but you're God today, Lord. You're always in the present tense. Lord, when you speak, we respond. When we respond, Lord, you're coming down and make things happen, Lord. Change our life. And, and Lord, you come on the scene and it deliver people and heal the people. Lord, it transforms the person. How we love you, Lord. It just, uh, we just pray that you continue on with your word and uh, just touch on our heart one more time as we are daily living and uh, walking on this earth the journey. We know it won't be too long. Lord, we just pray you protect us and keep us, give us the strength for this journey. Lord, we know that uh, in our heart, we're looking forward for that great moment that we can be forever with you. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Just ask you to open up your word and reveal yourself of it again. We want to see God unveiled himself among us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, uh, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said to the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself comes to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, but this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou should see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said that they may believe that thou hast sent me. 
And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with a grave clothes, and his face was bounded about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him walk. Let's turn to uh, also a uh, book of Mark, chapter 14. Gospel Mark, chapter 14, verse 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he says to his disciple, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he takes with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy and said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if you were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. If the Lord willing, I would like to speak of the title, The Omnipotent God Unveiled in Our Flesh. And we all know that we serve a God who is almighty. Uh, that's uh, omnipotent words uh, that is meant. That means that there is, a, uh, there is a nothing impossible for Him. Whatever situation that you are in, whatever uh, condition that we have uh, are in, but God is almighty that He is uh, omnipotent. There is no limit to His power. But also we know this omnipotent God is to live in our flesh. And if we can use the, uh, the terminology of Brother Branham as it is used, uh, He is the God veiled. And it is veiled in the flesh. But God doesn't want to just veil in the flesh. He wants to unveil Himself. And that unfolded it himself so that the people can see him. So when God, um, Brother Branham said in our, um, a revelation of a Jesus Christ, uh, uh, he said, uh, he said about, he said the devil, he knows that if the people get to the true revelation of the true church and what she is, what she stands for, and that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. You find out that that's always the devils that they try to do. He tried to um, let to the person, let to the bride, don't realize who she is and what she was standing for. Because uh, she doesn't want uh, the bride to do any harm for her, uh, for him. And But if the bride ever know who she is, what to the Almighty God, the Omnipotent God is living inside of her, then she become an invincible army. Because now is not that she live, but it's the Him that are living inside of her. So we find that, uh, that the Lord wants to reveal Himself. And He wants to live inside of the, the bride. So that um, it's not that we live anymore, but Him living inside of us. And uh, Brother Brandon said in the unveiling of God, He said um, uh, Him, when, uh, when God, when the amorphy, that means that he changes, changed himself. He came down. Now, the Greek word that means 
There's something that could not be seen, yet is there, and then it's changed, and I can catch it. Brother Branham said to the, you know, it's a desire of a man that they want to see God physically. And I think that that's the first thing. When I was uh, came into the Christianity, the first thing that I, that I asked, uh, if God is so real, if God is so true, how can I touch Him? How can I feel Him? How can I see Him? You know, I think it is uh, also the, for our young people that we're sitting in the church, we're coming to the church, we're reading in our Bible, we hear the, the, the preaching of the Word, but it's in the heart of the heart desire. I think it's for the young people, I think the older people are like, we want to see God. We don't want the God to just become a knowledge that we're going to the church to hear the preaching and some to go to the Baptist, some go to the Pentecostal. Every one of them that are talking about God, talking about God. But we want a God that can be touched. We want a God that we can felt in Him. We want a God that we know that He is a reality. He's not just teaching us. He's not just giving us some word. But He's the God in the reality. So the God... He, he, it has to be take a God Himself to reveal Himself to us. And when God wants to make Himself real to us, He always has to be drop Himself into a veil in order to make Himself revealed. Because we can only understand as a human being. As the brother Bramley said, we're mortal. He said that He know that. And we only understand as mortal. We only know as mortal. We only know as our sense will let us know. And to the rest of it, we have to believe it by faith. But God just don't let us uh, just blindly to believe it. He will vindicate Him Himself, prove Himself, so that we have something that is a firm foundation that we can believe in Him. So that uh, He knows that we can only understand Him as a mortal. And then if God wanted a mortal being to uh, understand Him or to touch Him, to see Him, He has to become a mortal so that we could touch Him, so that we can feel Him. And then uh, um, I, I remember that uh, one time, the uh, uh, first time when I first uh, came to the church, I think that what, I said it uh, several times, I think the first thing that really touched me is that the people. I never saw that the people can live a such life. But now what I understand is actually is God revealed Himself that inside of the, the people. And then I saw that the people, though those times I don't understand that in the message, but I realized that in the people, in those veil, there is a something supernatural being living inside of them. And you cannot have pinpointed and said exactly what it is, but that whenever there is a supernatural being in the natural, it creates such a supernatural atmosphere that in the surrounding there. And if you are the seed of a God, when you walk into that atmosphere, you're yearning for that. You're desiring for that. To the other people, it doesn't make any sense. But to the predestinated seed of a God, this is something that they were craving for. But God veiled Himself in a human veil. And that sometime that the human veil, if, uh, if you look at the human veil longly enough, you always find uh, the veil, uh, how to say this, become a more human. But there's a supernatural God living in that, uh, in that natural veil. 
So when a supernatural God live in that uh, natural veil, it behooves to us that we have to look beyond the natural veil and to see the supernatural God. And I remember when I first, when I come to the church and they give me a day or two, uh, as I come to the church lonely enough, and if you only focus on the veil, you find out a lot of human veils is in there. But then you start to uh, disfocus, if that's the word. If you disfocus, you're, you'll be attracted by the veil instead of the supernatural God living inside of the veil. You cannot just always dwell on the veil realm. You have to pass that look or beyond that to see the supernatural God that in that veil. And not only see the supernatural God in them veils, but see that supernatural God dwelled inside of me in this natural veil. But if you just focus on the natural veil, you can be a, a misunderstand. You can be a, a misfocus on that. And I remember that one time I went to uh, China, and um, you know I was uh, uh, I was uh, in the city just walking over there with some believer, and I saw uh, that time uh, uh, it's not to like um, what we have in the Western world there now. Uh, everybody, you know, they got purple hair, red hair, blue hair, whatever that that is. But in that time and in China, they're still more backward, so hair is not not uh, that much of a color yet. And then I was walking around there, I, I saw a blonde guy. And it was so blonde, almost like a um, light white blonde. I thought, oh, maybe this is a foreigner coming from Sweden or Norway or something. I was just walking in front of me. And uh, so I walk and I pass. I look at that. Man, he's just as Chinese as I'm Chinese. And, uh, and then actually, uh, is a she, is not a he. And it was just the first time I saw that in China. But see, because of that's the veil. If you only look at the veil, you can be de- uh, deceived just by that veil. And that veil is just a mask. It's just a hide of the person that inside of them. You know, if we only watch the veil, just watching on the outside, even look at ourselves, you can be deceived too. Because God wanted himself the veil, but the veil is not the important thing. The veil is only to veil God, but there's a supernatural being living inside of that. God wants to be unveiled. And Brahma said that in the unveiling of a God, he said he changed himself from a pillar of fire to become a man. Then changed himself from that back in the spirit again, that he might dwell in man. If God wants to dwell in man, he can be as a man to dwell in the man. He must be become a spirit so that he can dwell in a man. But when that spirit dwell in that man, that man's life was completely changed. He become a supernatural spirit being living in that man now. But the reason for the spirit to live in that man is for him people that he, uh, God can become a tangible. God can become a touched. You can feel him. It's not only just a hearing some of the teaching of that, but all of a sudden that life that inside of that man manifests what God truly is. And then he said that unveiling of God, he said, Elohim, without a controversy, great is the mystery of Elohim. For Elohim was made flesh, and we handled him. It has to be that Elohim made himself into the flesh, then 
we can handle him. Then God become a touchable. He become a tangible. It's not that you just uh, look at the sun to watch, uh, oh, there is a God. It's not just to look at the forest, oh, there is a God. It's not just to look at the universe, there is a God. But God, from all the universe, He become a tangible. God become a coming to the man. God can be touched. God can be filled. And God can spoke. And when God speak, and you can hear. And God speak in a human voice. God speak in the voice that we can understand. God can speak English. God can speak Chinese. God can speak French. That God now all of a sudden become a one among us. He's not a God far away, but He's a God right among us. That God can come in the baby form. That God can come into the troll. That God can become a crying. Just like we are crying. That God can wear clothes. Just we are wearing clothes. That God all of a sudden can cry. Just like we are can cry. Why God become a tangible? He's not a far away. Don't understand us. All of a sudden God become one of the human. Just like you and me. But a supernatural being living in that being. And then when he speak, it's a supernatural God speak. When you receive, you pass out the veil. You're not receiving a veil. You're not receiving the spirit of a man. You are receiving the supernatural word of a God. And then you become a supernatural being. Because that supernatural being now living inside of you. And you have to look past. That veil. But Abraham said, but in him was the salts. He wanted to become a material. And what did he do? Then he spoke a word, and the word was materialized. That's the whole picture. From Genesis to Revelation, there's nothing wrong. Is Elohim materialized so he can be touched and feel. When you can touch God, when a spoken word becomes materialized, then you can touch God. And what a spoken word come to? In the same unveiling of a God, he said, and through the age, the same way. But as a prophet, he was revealed himself. Them wasn't exactly prophets, they were gods. Why they were gods? Because the spoken word come upon the prophet. You want to see God? You must see the prophet first. Because that's the word become a materialized in one man, in a messenger of that hour, in the prophet who is the vessel of that spoken word. You want to see God. God made himself that a spoken word and become a materialized right in front of us. The person who want to touch God, who want to feel God, who want to see God, they must see the word and not a prophet avail. So there was a God formed in a man called a prophet. And the word of the Lord came to this man. So it wasn't a prophet. The prophet was the veil, but the word was God. That's the way God doing things. 
You cannot bypass that. Touch God. There's no way you can touch it, God. But by the spoken word materialized in the prophet. And then when you hear that prophet is speaking, you pass that veil. He's just a man like anybody else. But his supernatural being in that veil of a prophet speak to us. He said he was the word of a God in the form of a man called on a man. He never changed his nature, only his form. Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he did not change his nature when he come. He's always that prophet. All down through the age, same thing. The word, the word, the word, the word. It's the word that materialized in the prophet. By vindicating what he says. Because everybody can say, oh, I'm a prophet. I can speak the word. But God has to make that word become a materialized. If a prophet is speaking the word, that word must be materialized. If something that we said, this is that says the Lord, that that says the Lord, it must be materialized. How to materialize what is said when there's a, when there's a light and then the light come. When it is said that there's a squirrel, squirrel will come. When it is said that the storm come back, going back in Colorado, that storm going back. What is that? That the word of a God become materialized. Then it is not a man's word anymore, but that's a God's own word. But God veiled himself in that a prophet veil. So he did not change his nature when he come. He's always that prophet. All down through the age. The same thing. The word. He said that God need no interpreter. He does his own interpretation. He manifest. He manifested it. He gives the interpretation. God unveiling himself. When God spoke the word. And that word has to be materialized. And he chose the veil. Which is the prophet. To veil that God's word. And for the predestinated seed, they can pass, oh, look past that veil. Doesn't take it accounted as a man speaking, but know that it's God Himself is speaking. And God approved that word to be the truth. Vindicate that to be the truth. And then we receive that word. We literally receive the spoken word. And when that spoken word is inside of you, guess what? The last spoken word has to be materialized too. But Abraham said the same now, the glory that the power of the Holy Spirit, the kind of glory that comes upon the believer. He said, now I mean the real believer that causes the works of God and the faith to come into him, to believe the word of God. That's all high to them eyes. They say, oh, them things are past. And you see, they're still living behind the veil. You're not behind that veil anymore, little ones. God has to come in full will, full view of you. And when you see the word and made it manifest, you see the Father. God, because the word is the Father. The word is God and the word and made it manifest is God himself taking his own word and manifest it among believers. Nothing can make it live but believers and just believers. When you receive the word... It's that supernatural being inside of you. 
How people can touch God, can see God, is not only just by word only. That word of a living inside of a believer, that believer has to live that word out. And when that word was living it out, then God become a touchable. Because that spoken word has to be materialized. It's not just that you're quoting the message, quoting the, the Bible, but that word must be become active that inside of a believer's life. That life must be live inside of the believer. And only the believer can live the life. He said that nothing can make it live but the believer. And just the believer. And when you live the life, when you allow the life that is inside of this veil, start to live it out, then to other people, to other predestinated seed, when they saw that, they know God is touchable. God become a tangible through you. But Brahma said, we become part of Him. As you are the veil that veiled Him. You are part of Him. As long as the Christ is in you. As Christ was, uh, was of God. Because the God was in Him. Made Him God. And as the Christ is in you. The hope of glory. You become a part of a Christ. He that believes on me. The work that I do. Shall he also. You become a part of a Christ as long as the Christ is a hit in you. Then it's availed to the unbeliever, but you know he's in you. You are templing Christ that's behind the veil, the skin. But in many times we find it's not a skin to give us this problem. When God was tabernacle himself that in the believer, it's a lot of a time is this a veil that has stopped it in the people and also stops it on ourselves. But when God chooses a veil, He never intend to improve the veil. He just added the veil to veil Him. You never saw God come out into the earth and try to make an improvement of this of the body. It's not that there's no improvement. This is just a rental place. God just rented it in the place until that uh, permanent uh, glorified body to come. Then you just trade in this one, go to the eternal one. When you rent a place, obviously probably a lot of people renting the place. You know, when you rent out of the place, it's not your home. You don't trade it as your home. It's just a rental place. I, I, I hope there's no... Don't trash the rental place either. <laughs> but no matter how, you, you saw the people, they write to the resume, we will trade your home just like our home. No, you can't do that. They, they, that's not their home. They don't own the title deed. It's not their property. They're just renting the place. You don't say that they're rental, they're rented in the place, they do a whole bunch of a renovation, make it as a, no, you're wasting money because eventually you're going to give it back. This is a rental place. God doesn't do the improvement while we're on the earth. 
It's just a ball. It's a body to manifest that a God that is a supernatural being. He just uses the body as a rental place to manifest that God still is omnipotent. He's an almighty God. He can still save. He can still use you to heal. He can use you to testify, to become a witness. But when God chooses to the veil, He sometimes, I would say a lot of the time, He chooses the weak veil. It doesn't mean that God doesn't, doesn't save strong man. God can save strong man. But He will have to make that man become a weak before He can save him. God can save it as a pride man. If the person was in the pride, God can save them, but He will beat them down until they lost all their pride. Does God can save a rich man? Of course, God can save a rich man. I don't mean that it make you poor so that He can save you. But you will come to say to yourself, Lord, I don't have anything. That money doesn't mean anything to me. That theme doesn't mean anything. That reputation doesn't mean anything to me. God can choose any veil, no matter how high they are or how low they are. But when God chooses the veil, He gives us an example. He chooses Jesus. The flesh body as the veil to veil the supernatural God. And when we look at it as Jesus, if we look at it in the flesh, it doesn't seem that the flesh was as strong, was as powerful. He's uh, 33, 30 years old, just acting like a 50 years old. And his uh, body was so weak and uh, he was uh, sometime that he was so tired that he fell asleep that he ended the boat. But that's the veil that God chose. And in the message, Brother said, he talked about Jesus who stood at a grave of Lazarus. He said, there he stood at a grave of Lazarus, crying like a man in his flesh. We're thinking about this is the omnipotent God. This is a God that can, by one word, can create it at heaven and on earth. But that God now dwell in that flesh. Maybe I say something shocking to you. That God even subjected himself to sickness. That God even subjected himself to crying. That supernatural God even subjected himself to another point. That he weep. When that supernatural God is living in that veil, he can feel the sorrow. And he has to subject himself in that sorrow. He cannot refrain it, though he's a supernatural God. He cannot oppress that down when he saw Lazarus was into the grave. Then Jesus wept. That's probably the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Though he's a supernatural God, but when he was in that flesh, he subjected himself in that flesh. But that doesn't diminish him one bit of his supernatural. When he was a man, he was a crying. But when he was standing on that boat, he said, Be calm, 
peace be that storm. That storm be peace. When it was as a man, he's standing under the grave of Lazarus. And he was wept. But then he was gathering himself together. Brother Mama said, Then it's Lazarus come forth. That was God. Can you recognize that? See how thin that veil is. In one way, he can fail what you can fail. He has even subjected himself in that veil. But on the other hand, that doesn't do away with one bit of his supernatural ability and power. You might do the same thing. You might be fail the cry, fail the weep. You might be fail the weakness. Because you're in the veil. You may be crying, Lord, why don't you come on my sin? Lord, why don't you come on my rescue? Lord, why, why don't you receive a bill? Just accept me. Lord, why can't you just save my children? Deliver them. You're in that veil. God, a supernatural being, is in that veil. You feel the dark cloud is coming. You feel the weakness. You feel the drought. They will follow with Jesus. But don't allow, don't forget that supernatural God is still living inside of you. You have your moment of a man, but you also have your moment of that supernatural God. And you don't have to feel shame about it. You feel the temptation. He feel that temptation. You feel that in a critical spirit, and he felt that. The critical spirit is again trying to criticize at him too. He was mocked just as you were mocked. God never put out omnipotent power in a perfect flesh. He put that omnipotent power in this type of a flesh. He put that omnipotent power. In the weak flesh. And the strange thing is, he didn't do away with that weak flesh. He never tried to improve that weak flesh. He never tried to make this a little better so that it became more tolerable. You never get used to the trial, you never feel untempted when the temptation comes. You never feel rejoice when you lost your loved ones. You never feel down. You never feel up when you're really down. You maybe can make a green, can make a smile before other people. But it's always down inside. You're tearing. You're crying. Because God has never improved that human flesh. But still that supernatural God living inside that of human flesh. Jesus felt what you felt. Doesn't give you an excuse, but give you the power. Give you the faith. Lord, this is my moment of a man. But Lord, I have that supernatural God living inside of me. When that supernatural God is living inside of me, when that moment of supernatural God is coming, that supernatural being will rise up on the sin. How he rebukes storm, you can rebuke the storm. And how he lay on the cloud, pushing it back, and you can do the same thing. 
And then Brother Bram said to Martha, said the Lord, if you only have been here, he said, my brother will not die. And so the Mary said to the same thing, Lord, if you only be here, my brother will not die. I'm thinking, how many times will we do the same thing? Lord, if I have to treat my children a little better, maybe I don't treat them so strictly that I did. Probably they won't be in the world. If I don't trade them or as loose as what I have to trade them, they probably won't be in the world. Hello? We're back from the revival. Come home now. If I do more devotion with them, they probably won't be like what they are today. If I have created a better atmosphere in my home, not like a prison, so they want to go on away, they want to just get out of home, they probably won't die. How many times have we ever thought of that? How many times have those things just go through our mind? Just like Martha said, Lord, if you only have been here, Lord, why can't you just come out a little earlier? But Abraham said that there he walked to the grave. Omnipotence manifested here among us, living with us, God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the end of the world. How can we look for anything else but when he speaks for the miraculous to happen? How can we expect anything else? So here he goes down to the grave weeping. It's just as any normal people do. It's cry like a normal person. And if I will say, he feels distressed just as a normal person. And then the Bible said in 11, 20, 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it to thee. Think about it. Martha, Jesus has failed her. Her expectation, Lord, if you were here earlier, it won't come down, come degraded like what it has now. If you come a little earlier, things won't go worse like what we're having now. But Martha said, even now, That is the even now faith. But before we go into the positive, let me just bring it down a little bit. Do you know what means even now? Maybe this is just Chinese weird thinking. Even now means it's real bad. Even now means, my goodness, this is the worst. Otherwise, you won't see even now. As long as you have something you can put it in, you won't see it even now. You come to the end, you've done this, you've done that, you've done everything that you could. And you come to the end of your wait. Then you said, even now. Lord, things and all hopes are gone. 
Lord, it seems I'm helpless. Lord, it seems I'm in the darkest moment. But even now, even now, that is really bad. It seems I come to an point, your children moved away. You cannot even touch them. You have no way can bring them back. You come to a sickness that it becomes so sick that it seems there, there's no help coming. The medication becomes stronger and stronger. It doesn't get any better, it's getting worse. And come to a point, the house was burned. And you're still crippled. But you know what Martha said? I know it's worse. I know it doesn't get him better. But Lord, even now. I know it's getting really bad. But even now. I saw the revival among the young people. But my children still as long as they can be. Still as dead as they can be. But even now. That's Martha's face laid. But you have to think about it. Martha has to look through. Look away from Jesus failed her. She has to look away that Jesus weeping. She has to look away the human veil. She has to look away all the things that they've been claiming. He's a supernatural God. I saw he turned the water into wine. I saw that he has done miracles after miracles. But come to me. And all she saw, it seems like it's just a human part. But that doesn't stop Martha's face. Martha looked beyond his human veil. He said, even now, whatever you said, preacher, don't give me all the quote and say, just give me that word. Don't give me just the, the head knowledge, but give me that word. I don't need a feeling. I don't need a sense. I don't need emotion, but give me that word. You just speak the word. You look beyond. The human veil. And he saw that a supernatural God. Living inside of him. But before the resurrection coming. He must be too omnipotent to meet. Then the miraculous shake. It has to be about omnipotent God. And then Martha, and also has to have omnipotent faith to believe that omnipotent God, no matter what situation that is in, they will keep on believing, brother Roy. Jesus never goes straight to the grave. Jesus, in between that grave, which were the resurrection going to happen, he has to meet Martha first. Has to meet Mary first. 
Because they have a connection with the resurrection. Before that resurrection coming, all the elements have to come in place. As Brother Wayne was talking about, speaking about the division, every part has to be in that place. The green checker shirt has to be there. The young hands of that young man with a measure of 42 inches, that hands has to be there. All the scenario has to be there. No matter seemingly how impossible that is be, but anything that connected with that vision, it has to be there. And I'll see anything, anybody that connected with the resurrection, it has to be there. Martha is connected with that resurrection. Mary is connected with that resurrection. They have a relationship in that. No matter how wayward you think you are, no matter how backward it seems like situation is going not forward, but going backward, but because you have a connection with the resurrection, you must be there. Your children has a connection with the resurrection, so thus it must be there. Jesus has to call everyone has a connection with the resurrection. Come on the scene. Then the resurrection happened. No matter what situation, how we were, that is. But Jesus will never leave them alone. He called Martha. Martha has that even now faith. But Mary doesn't. But he never leave Mary just in her ash heap. He go that Martha, that she got an omnipotent faith. And then she went back. Then she said to her sister, the master is come. And he called us. When I think about that, my heart just melted. Lord, no matter how, how many ash heap, the sum of our people on. No matter what is seemingly the situation going backward, the Lord never leave you alone. It said, Martha, go call Mary. Mary, the master is coming. And he called us thee. Maybe Mar- Mary was stunned by the event. Maybe Mary was just thinking about that at the passing away of her brother. Maybe she was caught up with all the event and the stuff and the things that she was one through. But Jesus never leave her alone because she got a connection with the resurrection. The resurrection cannot happen without a Mary to be there. And a resurrection cannot happen without a you and your family to be there. Because you got a connection with that. Let me just go a little further. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping. And the Jews also weeping which came with her. Mary came. And she, he groaned in the spirit. And was troubled. And then Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. 
Jesus was troubled. Trouble means to agitate. To cause one inward commotion. Take away his calmness of mind. Disturb his equanimity. You know that word? Let me give you the Wikipedia. What it said. Equanimity means mental calmness. Composure. And evenness of temper. Especially in a difficult situation. Jesus troubled. That means he was disturbed in his mental, mental calmness. He was disturbed in his composure. In his evenness of temper. Especially in a difficult situation. If we can put it this way, Jesus lost his calmness. He loses, uh, he become upset. Or become agitated. To disquiet, make it restless. Jesus become a restless? We're talking about the veil now. The veil just as any veil, but it was a supernatural God living in that veil. He has his moment of a man. And God allowed that. To strike one's spirit with a fear and dread. Can I go on? I'm just trying to make you become a human again. So that you can let a supernatural God take a hold of it. What, what makes you become an invincible army? What makes you become an invincible army? Know who you are. Know who's inside of you, but also know what this is all about. Then you become an invincible army. Because no matter how Satan tried to influence you, you said there's a supernatural man living inside of a man. Troubled means to render anxious or distressed. Jesus going through everything that we just talked about. How many of you have been distressed? Sometimes you're so distressed you want acupuncture. It doesn't punch you anything. Just give you more holes in your body. John twelve twenty seven. Now, Jesus said, now is my soul troubled. Ah, not just body now. My soul was troubled. What should I say, Father? Save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Jesus' soul was troubled. He felt the tug of a war. Should I or should I not? Have you come to the valley of decision and don't know what to do? Should I be this way or should I that way? Jesus, that human body, has that same thing. He said his soul was troubled. Then 1321, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit 
and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, that one of you shall betray me. Not only is the body troubled, not is the soul troubled, his spirit, his mental was troubled too. Oh, it is a physical body, soul, and spirit, everything in Jesus, it was troubled. Thinking what is human that in this is a body. You have to shift yourself 2,000 years back. When you were there, what are you going to do? When you saw this Jesus weeping. When you saw this Jesus lost his calmness. Become restless. Become agitated. Because one person is going to betray him. That is the loved ones that goes to church with him all the time. And it's the treasure that in the church holding the money. It has a reputation. And Jesus become agitated. His body troubled. He probably shaking. When you're depressed, do you feel that? You cannot even catch your breath. When those brothers in China was arrested, several days I couldn't sleep. Then I started to realize what depressed really means. I cannot hold my breath. I cannot catch my breath. I started getting a nightmare. Day after day, night after night. You see all the white hair? My wife doesn't have enough time to cut him away. But Jesus felt that too. But still there's a supernatural being living inside of that body. Look at it. John 14, 1 said, Let not your heart be troubled. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. But Jesus, you are troubled. Now you preach to me that my heart not be troubled. When I say you don't trouble, then tell me I'm not troubled. Come on, preacher. You just preach it. Of course, you're behind a pulpit. You don't go through anything. Yeah, it's easy for you to just preach to us. Come on, get real. Get next to yourself. You just don't dare to say it loud. I just help you to say that. <laughs> Jesus said, and then now your heart be troubled. He believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in you. You went through, you become a calmless. You become a restless. Now you tell me that I be calm. In my father's house are many mansions. Imagine when you were there, saw Jesus going through all these things. Can you look beyond the veil to see that supernatural God? Inside of him. And still believe what he preached. When you saw all the back. When you saw all the hind back. When you saw all the weakness. And still believe what he said. Thus says the Lord. When you saw that. You can look beyond your brother's mistake. You can look away from that his mistake, his error, his wrongdoing, and saw there's a supernatural God living inside of them. It's the word that they have hide. It's a supernatural word that we veiled in this body. Go beyond that. 
And Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come back and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That same veil said all this word. It seems like very contradicting. It seems like just preach a sermon, but without living it. That's to the unbelievers thinking. But to the disciples, you have the word of eternal life. Where should we go? The word has been vindicated. The word has been proved. It's a time after time I look beyond the human veil. Know that he has the word of eternal life. And the same as the message has been proved through and through. That we can look beyond the veil. That know we have the supernatural word has been vindicated in this hour. No matter how many failures, no matter how many things that seminars to the weak or the human this and that human that, but we look beyond that to know that it's a supernatural God, omnipotent God, unveiled in that human flesh. Mark 14, 33, and they take, take his wisdom, Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed. And to be very heavy. And it said unto them, My soul exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry here and watch. That doesn't show a power, isn't it? You know what the sore amaze means? It means to throw into terror or amazement. To alarm thoroughly. Freak it out. If you are a common word to say. To terrified. Jesus was terrified. To be struck with amazement. To be thoroughly amazed. Astounded. He was astounded. I don't know what to do. Have you ever felt that? When you come to the end of the road. You just don't know what to do. Lord, what is next to happen? Lord, this is already worse enough. Is there anything else that's going to happen? Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, I lost my direction. Astounded. Very heavy. Means to be troubled. Great distress or anguish or depressed. And this is the strongest of the three great words in the New Testament for depression. In another word, Jesus went through the deepest depression ever. He said this is the strongest of all the three Greek words about a depression. And then Jesus started to pray. You want to hear what is his prayer? And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from me. Jesus become restless, very heavy, 
went through the, the greatest depression that it ever. And then he said, if it were possible. He said, you can feel that urge in the prayer that it had. And that it had prayed that it come before the Lord. Lord, if possible, take this as a cup away from me. Have you prayed that way too? Lord, if possible, don't let this child come on me again. Lord, if possible, I only have one child left that's still in the church. Don't let him go. Lord, if possible, don't let my business is going down. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose this. Lord, if possible, don't let this happen to me. Put your situation in there. Jesus said, if it were possible. And then he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. You know what I understand that? Jesus' prayer from if it were possible, then he started pressing on God. Lord, all things are possible. Please, Lord, do something. All things are possible. Jesus went to the deepest depression. It's not an if. But he come to the point. Lord, all things are possible. Don't let it sickness upon me again. I've been went through one cancer. I don't want to went through that again. Lord, all things are possible. I think about some of us. We maybe do the same prayer. First, we pray, Lord, if it were possible. And then we started pressing on God. Lord, not if possible. I know all things are possible, Lord. Please, Lord, do something. That was a man. That was in the flesh part. But then, the God part starts coming off. Abba Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cover of me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. When a man part was pushed to the extreme, from if possible, to set even press on God, all things are possible. Don't let it happen to me. But then the God part rise and up said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I think about you, Brother Tom. When you were in the hospital, I'll think about what my brother went through. Probably there was a many prayer of if possible. Lord, don't let this happen to me again. I've been one through this one, two, three, four. How many times, Lord, you want me one through this again? Lord, if possible, please, Lord, take this away. And that may be the prayer went on a little further. Lord, all things are possible. Lord, all things are possible. I believe you. You're going to save my ankle. Lord, I believe this. I won't go through the surgery again. And you press. You believe. You believe. And you end up in the hospital. 
But there's a God part in there. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. When that prayer went forth, look at what a result has come. And he can start to witness to the person that's just sitting there beside it on the sick bed. Then it starts to witness to the people that become a testimony. Though there's a human part, just as in any human being as it be, but there's still the supernatural God part that inside of him says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I think about you, Brother Tim. Lord, if possible, don't take my wife away. That may be the prayer one a little deeper. Lord, all things are possible. I hear you prayed. I hear you said, I'm going to resurrect to her. I'm going to there to resurrect to her. Why? All things are possible. All things are possible, Lord. I'm going there so that my wife rise up from the dead. A lot of time, we were pushed to the extreme. But then, there's a God part. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And when that supernatural God had taken it over, Look at what has been done, Brother Tim. The work in Uganda has a part that you will never be doing that. If that all things are possible, fulfilled. The work in Ethiopia will never be done. If all things are possible, it's fulfilled. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. When you said all things are possible, that's a man. But when you said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, that is omnipotent of God. I'm filled in this flesh. Then I was thinking about My time's are run out. I think about my pastor sitting in the trailer, running out of a milk. I cannot have the money to buy. I'll think about how many prayer, if possible, and all things are possible, went up to the Lord. That's a man part. That is a human veil. But one, like Jesus, but Abraham said he gathered himself together as to the grave of Lazarus. And they cried it out, Lazarus, come forth. That is that omnipotent God speaking inside of that veil. I was thinking of many of the testimony, even just recently. I think about the sister Juniper that we just said, 
and a city and a congregation. And you're not a man, you're a woman's part. It just said, Lord, I'll just give a half of it. That's what a woman part was speaking. But I wanted to rise up. Just a simple move would go up and put everything in there. That is the God part is doing. And Sam, I was thinking about it at a prayer meeting. Not prayer meeting, just at a regularly. Sister Rebecca, never thinking about the things that are just natural. When you put down some food and the fellowship is of the people, let them have the place to come in there to have a fellowship. And we're talking about the different things that just fellowship and have a wonderful time. That is a human being, what we do. But one that the Holy Spirit are coming down. And the people start to rise up. And then I pray. And then I pray. And I pray. And then after the prayer, and then one prayer after another, Sister Margaret. And then I mention about a Sister Doris's name. What is that? That's God's part start to come in here. And then, when God availed Himself, when a spoken word come out, it always become materialized. And then we saw Sister Doris come into the baptism tank. What is it? That is supernatural God living inside of that veil. The Roy. There was a man part. Lord, impossible. Don't let my son go. Lord, all things are possible. Save my son. Don't let him go. And still went. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And five years later, God not only gave you one son, God gave you many people that are from that. Your prayer has never went in vain. It's not just a man's part, but it's a supernatural, omnipotent God that will live inside of the man. That is omnipotent God. The living inside of your veil and the living inside of this veil. If we can look beyond the veil, though the veil just as the same as anybody, Jesus went through the deepest depression that we were talking about, but there's a supernatural God inside of him. And I want to gather himself together. Think about it, brother. Bram said, Jesus gather himself together. Weeping and walking, weeping and walking, and go to the grave of Lazarus, and then burn anointing inside of him, and then it said, Lazarus, come forth. The man cry, but a supernatural God do a miraculous. You might be crying, you might be walking. You pray, you pray, doesn't see an end come, but inside of you say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, your word is still the truth. No matter how backward that situation is, but your word never lied. That omnipotent God inside of this veil. You have your moment of a man. But you also have the moment of that supernatural God. Come on a sin and start to moving in you and in your house as well. Let a musician come. How we thank the Lord. 
He didn't try to improve the veil. But in this filthy veil. And in this ungodly veil. And in this so easily to be tempted to veil. And in this veil that have so much shortcoming. And I have so much that a wrongdoing. So many, so many mistakes. So many failure. But there's a supernatural God living inside of that. And He never let you go. And He never let Satan put His feet on your neck. Why? Because even this is a veil of human being. But that veil belongs to God too. Instead of you are part of a Christ. When he veiled inside of you, he will not, that is a veil, to become a defeated. And he will overcome and come to the final, the solution of that. He will treat it, this veil, and give you a glorified veil. What a God that we have served. He never gave us an excuse as the denomination said, you're just human. You can do, you know, God understand. Yes, He do understand. But He Himself, the omnipotent God, step into that awake, that weak veil and living inside of it. And to prove that His omnipotent God unveiled that in this flesh. Let's stand. Let's say our God is tremendous. Let's just worship at Him. I know that we have to sing this song, but this is the time for us to worship at Him. This is the time for us to know our God is tremendous. And despite all the weaknesses that we have, but our God is tremendous. He has done the great thing that are among us, and He will continually to do. Let's sing the little together. Our God is tremendous.
gracious Heavenly Father. How we love you, Lord. You, Lord, you never put us just in the air hanging there. But Lord, to think about this great God that dwell in this flesh. Though there's so many, seems there are so many holes that are in this flesh. And so many shortcomings of this flesh. Yet your truth is a veil to veil that supernatural God. Lord, I just pray you, Lord, help each one of my dear brothers and sisters. Lord, let them to understand if this God, a truth is a veil to dwell himself in him. There's no condemnation that we need to be condemned ourselves. There's no shame that we need to be filled with shame at all. But we need to be filled with glorious that a wonderful God, even that powerful God, that omnipotent the being that can live in this humble little vessel, Lord. Lord, we love you, Lord. And to thinking about what uh, our Lord example that Jesus Christ has the one through. Lord, you didn't try to improve that veil. But Lord, you give us that example. And how that supernatural God are living in that veil. And that's the same supernatural God. And the living in this veil, Lord. Lord, I pray that you be with my dear brothers and sisters. Lord, as they are ready to go in their own way. Lord, I just pray that a supernatural God become a forever near to them, Lord. And reveal yourself more to them. Lord, as Brother Branham has said, even the bride will know who she is and what she stands for and she will become an invincible warrior. Lord, I pray that you open up in our eyes, Lord. Look beyond this veil and also look beyond the other veil that of faith to believe what a mighty God has unveiled himself inside of us. Lord, I wish we'll go to the battleground again. Lord, we know who are we facing. Lord, we're facing a defeated enemy. Because you in this veil defeated him, Lord. Lord, we give you all the glory and thanks. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Can we sing, uh, I'm amazed at how you love me? Are you feeling amazed at how he loved me? How he loved you. I feel so amazed. Especially when I know who I am. And who I was. I think you know that who you were. And now we can see. I'm amazed that he even loved me. Hallelujah. Let's sing it all together.
is. What amazing grace that he has granted it to us. Pray the Lord to be with every one of you. And just keep this as atmosphere. I know it's pretty late. I'm sorry I take up take up of your time. Let me tell you why I have uh, spoken what I spoke. I know that the um, Lord has done a great thing to us. But I also know maybe there's someone here hasn't really felt what we felt. Maybe someone here hasn't really had experience that we would experience. A lot of time God goes to the extra miles try to find that little one that is still astray, still hasn't come back yet. And someone they have the experience with all that and most of that as it has. You know why they said it? Because I felt that way. There's a lot of time I want to have a great experience with the Lord in a mountaintop. But you know what? Then the next week, I went into the lowest valley that I ever went into. And if I don't understand that a God, that a supernatural God, living in this veil, I will be forever confused. I'll be forever struggling and battling. I felt that before. I experienced that before. Thus I speak what I just spoke. I pray the Lord to be go with every one of you. And just take this with you. Going back home. Practice it. And when the devil come on the sin. And try to remind you. Remind you what your past. You remind him what is the future it is. In the camp there is one sister come. Ask for prayer. And I told the sister. I said you know what. Devil has done a lot of damage that in your life, and I know devil has done a lot of hurt, a lot of did did a lot of a wound that in our people, and left a lot of scars that in your life. But I told the sister, but you know what is that scar means? Scar means the wound. Has been healed. Whenever devil come back along you, pointing to you, you tell him that scar only shows the wound has been healed. And when the devil try to tempt you again, you tell him, Lord, Lord, Satan come to tempting me again, and it left a scar in my life every time. When a situation comes, when a weather comes, the scar always can fill that pain. But you can point him to that scar, pointing devil, squared him in the eye. Said the devil, the scar only means one thing: the wound has been healed. You are defeated. The healing has taken place. When a devil try to remind your past, tell him that scar only shows one thing: the wound has been healed. The victory has been won. Amen. Brother Joseph, help me to close this. Come, pray. Just dismiss the other people. Let the Lord bless our dear, precious brothers and sisters, and give you a wonderful time of the way, Brother John. Lord God, we love you, Lord Jesus. 
It's always a privilege, Lord God, to be in your presence, Lord, and just to settle down in your presence and hear from you, Lord, hear your word. Not just, not just to be excited, Lord, for words or being excited by emotion, Lord God, but just realizing that your word is true and your words have power, Lord God. And you've spoken your word over and over throughout the Bible and throughout the brother, the prophet's life, oh God. And it's just becoming more and more real to us, oh Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we just hold on to that, Lord, and just step in it and walk in it, Lord, more so, Lord Jesus. As the days are getting more and more evil, Lord God, let us hide in your shelter, Lord God. For that's your, you just let us hide in your pavilion, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you've raised a standard, Lord Jesus. And Lord, let us not go to any other pavilion, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we love you, Lord. All we want to do, Lord, is just to be in your presence, oh Jesus. As we go now and go out into the evening, Lord Jesus, and have work tomorrow and school and all these things, Lord God. We want you to walk with us, Lord Jesus. Humble us, Lord God. Oh, Lord Jesus, let us fall on your, our face, Lord, in humility to you, Lord God. And you are the ruler of everything, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we love you and we commit this service to you, Lord God. We commit this evening to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Joe. May the Lord bless every one of you and take the word with you. And just love the Lord, fall in love with him. He's the most of the lovely one. The more you're talking about him, the more you're walking with him, you'll find out he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he'll always know every one of you. And he knows exactly what our situation. He knows exactly what it is. Maybe we're in a corner cry. Don't think, and he will leave you alone. He knows your situation. He knows what you need. And may the Lord bless every one of you. Shake hands with each other. And say the best thing you can say. God bless you. And until we meet it again.